Happy Valentine's Day, podcast listeners, you patient and supportive bunch. Yes, it's been a while since we posted a new podcast. In fact, this podcast was recorded on November 26th of 2018. It's taken a while to edit. However, I think it's worth it, and I'm excited that you're here to listen. This podcast will wrap up Season 2, and in just a few weeks we'll be launching Season 3. Again, thank you for your support, and stick around. I, I could wear fur everywhere then then that could just like be super super hot literally i think we'll have to start doing video podcasts in that case because that <laughs> will definitely add a lot of flair to this uh this endeavor <laughs> Welcome to season two of Trails to the Border podcast, a podcast where two entrepreneurs on two sides of a border come together to talk about business, travel, and their love of nature. From Canada is James Anderson, and I'm Dan Moore from the United States. James, is that you? Yeah, man. Great to hear from you. What's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, Just having a great day here uh, dealing with the monsoon in Whistler. How are you? What do you mean it's a great day dealing with the monsoon in Whistler? What does that mean? Oh, it's like, you know, fall weather it's right at the start of the ski season. So it's still a little wet, you know? It's uh, raining down below and it's snowing up top. Okay, so there is some snow out there. It's not uh, It's not a disaster. <sighs> Far from disaster, Dan. In fact, I'd like to let all of our listeners know that now is the time to come to Whistler if there ever was one. Oh, my God. Snow all over the place. I think it's supposed to snow a meter in the next three days. So, holy cow! Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a banger of a season. That's amazing. So, um, is the snow just starting, or has it been trickling in, and now it's just hitting with a kaboom? Or what, what's the trajectory here that got you to this point? <laughs> to be honest, it was a little bit slower than we would have liked for the start of the season. Um, people were kind of biting their tongue on social media and things like that because. Uh, we try and open up for American Thanksgiving. It's obviously a big travel time and we got loads of families that want to start their ski season. Um, and it's tough when there's absolutely no snow, but, uh, that was last weekend. Right. And luckily we turned it on and, uh, it worked if there was a winter wonderland up top, but you wouldn't have known that from the base because it, uh, it looks like, uh, you know, a typical day in Vancouver, uh, down here. It's just pretty wet, no snow. So no one really knew what to expect. But luckily, the naysayers uh, did not prevail. It turned out to be a great opening day. Although limited terrain, it was still really good um, conditions and everything. And uh, yeah, now we're getting tons of snow. So the season is saved, Dan. The season is saved. Amazing. Score another one for the skiers, you know. It's going to be good. And how did that work for your business? You had said that if there wasn't the best snow conditions, but there was snow conditions, that that actually could be great for forged axe. 
Dan, you're a steel trap up top, eh? You just process and retain everything I tell you. It's really incredible. But uh, yeah, thanks for asking. We had one of our sort of best days ever on Saturday. So it was super, super busy. I like to attribute that to our exceptional staff and five-star reviews we've had. But I think another big part at play here was that people did all of the runs that were available fairly quickly and uh, came down from the mountain and were looking for another activity to do because it was raining in town. So something indoors would have been perfect which is us so yeah it worked out really really well uh we had a banger of a weekend and uh we're looking forward to lots more over the ski season here everything's everything's happening dan forge axeron is is cooking did you did you try anything new were there any new initiatives or what exactly um uh you said there are five star reviews and there are amazing staff of course that that helps get you those five star reviews but did you try any promotions any uh, relationships anything like that yeah, for sure. Um, we don't do like we have a bunch of partnerships in place with other businesses. And I think a really valuable one for us was getting uh, the guest services team from Whistler Blackcomb in and uh, running a fam for them so that they knew our product uh, right before the ski season started. So that while people were waiting in line and guest services representatives are chatting with them in the lineup, which, which is exceptionally long, they're able to talk about our product. Now, we also gave them some um uh, cards that, you know, if they were to redeem them, if the guests redeem them, uh, it gives them 10% off if it coming from the Worcester guest services. And that way we can sort of figure out how well that works. And uh, so I would say that is an effective way. We also sort of increased our advertising and marketing budget to match our uh, where we want to be, you know, so marketing for where we uh, where we're hoping to get to instead of where we currently are. So it was bit of a stretch to make all those things happen but i think we're reaping the rewards from it right now because uh we're everywhere man you can't not hear about us which is great so i think that's uh what's really paid off in spades dan i gotta ask how does my audio sound because i got this new microphone and i'm pretty excited about it sounds way better oh my god i'm so excited to hear that you yeah. sound great too man. you sound oh, great what awesome do you, you have a condenser mic i do have a condenser mic yes and i put this uh handy um Pop filter. Well, it, you would think that it would be that technical, but it's actually the cloth bag for a pair of sunglasses. I just slide it right over the top, and it seems to uh, help. I might need uh -huh. to get some rabbit fur. I'm going up to – I'm actually going to Canada in a couple weeks, so um, I'm mentally preparing myself for just extreme joy. And uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to a place where I, where, um, I might be able to pick up, like, a piece of fur. No way. Where are you going? I'm going to the Yukon. Oh, right. We talked about this. That's right. It is going to be chilly. Well, I might need that fur to stay warm, but then I can maybe I can bring one home because I understand that that is an important part of uh, being from the Yukon. You need to go out and, and uh, trap animals and for your warmth and whatnot. But maybe I could get one of these animals and uh, turn it into like a pop filter for my microphone so I can just make Trails of the Border that much better. It's not cold enough in Seattle to justify needing any animal products for, for clothing. Maybe uh, some, some Gore-Tex is about all you need down here. It's not very cold. Well, it's a strong fashion statement to rock a, <laughs> you know, trapped fur coat around Seattle. That right. would be quite something. Yeah, I don't know if that would go down that well, to be honest with you. I, you know, in places mm -hmm. like the like the Yukon and Northwest Territories and Alaska and all those northern places, it's like 
Yeah, if you have a problem with people wearing animal fur, go live there for a while. I think that uh, <laughs> they justify needing the, the highest quality of warmth that's out there. Uh, but yeah, here in Seattle, if you're just wearing that for some kind of fashion thing, it may not be necessary. But for a pop filter for your microphone, certainly mm. that is a good use of, of, of harvesting wild animal. Speaking of which, I'd like to thank the, uh, you know, Yukon Tourism Association for sponsoring today's podcast. I was really surprised by the size of this sponsorship level. I couldn't believe they were coming in. Such a generous number. Wow. I'm really blown away. Thank you, guys. So At the plat- the platinum level. Platinum executive uh, sponsorship level. Wow. So uh, really, shout out to the Yukon. Thanks, guys. We can't wait to come up there and all of our listeners should too. Can't wait to send them an invoice. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I thought that since they're my client, it'd be a little awkward that I bring them up as the sponsor. So thank you for remembering that. That, James, you're always so good. You're keeping us financially sustainable, financially sound on Trails to the Border podcast. You have been listening to Trails to the Border podcast a podcast where two entrepreneurs on two sides of the border talk about travel, business, and their love of nature. From Canada is James Anderson, and I'm Dan Moore from the United States. If you like what you're listening to, you can subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. Well, speaking of guest stars and, you know, the entire country of Canada, I would like to bring in our first guest this week, or our only guest this week, who is a Canadian. So, you know, James, I'm just trying to make this podcast really friendly and happy for you, because I just know how it can be quite stressful for you to have too many Americans on the line here. So, yeah, last week was very hostile, Dan. Very hostile. <laughs> yes, exactly. We had two Americans on the podcast. It was just crazy. Those guys were so just wild. absolutely crazy. So I'm going to uh, bring in a woman I met a couple weeks ago when I was in Canada. Her name is Michaela. And so as soon as she gets on the call here, I will have her introduce herself. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. So, Michaela, uh, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host of the podcast, Trails to the Border. His name is James Anderson. Hi, Michaela. And if you can just do a brief introduction about who you are and uh, what you do and where you come from and all that good stuff for the rest of the the thousands and thousands of podcast listeners that we have. Awesome. Well, um, my name is Michaela Carrier. I'm a Cree, Métis, German uh, person from... uh, northern canada saskatchewan specifically and i have my own adventure guiding business called usky holistic adventures and i uh, take people out on these holistic healing retreats canoeing and snowshoeing and uh tb camping and all these other cool adventures like medicine walks and ceremonial teachings and uh, things like that that sounds just like a very small amount of, of tasks that you take on. Are, are you sure that you don't need to add more activities to your list? Um, 
Well, let's see, what else do I do? I also do uh, beadworking as well. So I create these really beautiful pieces of uh, art um, in the traditional style of Cree art from my grandmother. So like mittens and moccasins. What else do I do? I'm not sure. <laughs> You're so busy. <laughs> I think that is quite a lot. And so who, um, for, for the tourist side where you're taking people out and doing these medicine walks and things like that, who would um, be like your ideal or, or um, uh, common clients that, or guests that you would take out? And uh, what would this sort of trip look like? Um, my common clients are, well, really adventurous people that are uh, seeking kind of off the beaten path uh, type of tours. Because um, where I'm located is um, I'm on the Saskatchewan River, right in the middle of the Saskatchewan River Delta, which is the biggest inland delta in North America. And it's kind of a secret of uh, North America people don't really know about. And uh, it's uh, like a pristine, beautiful location, very limited road access to where we are. We actually have to get to our place by boat and canoe. So uh, it's a place that no one's ever really been to or seen. So um, people that are coming to us are looking for um, kind of the hidden secrets of North America. Um, I've had people from like all over the place, from Germany and Australia and the UK come to um, visit and they really enjoy it. And I've also had um, artists come because artists, they really like to come to our place because we have no internet access and like no road access. So it's like a a place that you can completely detach from society and just have creative juices flowing <laughs> and you get so much, so much inspiration there. And so I've had lots of artists come and then also I get family groups. That's my favorite client is when a whole family comes and they really get a ch chance to connect because like they're not on their cell phones and they're actually getting to, to know each other and they're staying in a cabin with no walls. They're just, telling stories and uh, playing games with each other. And, and I take them out into the woods and they learn how to teamwork. And I've seen some really amazing family bonding going on. Would they be multi-day excursions that you're bringing them on? Or is it a one-day sort of affair when you come out and, and try the medicine walk? It's a multi-day uh, excursion. So I recommend either coming for a whole weekend or for a whole week. I have like these two different retreats so the the weekend retreat is a little bit more um a little more intense um but like you get the whole outdoor adventure part so you're either doing canoeing in summer or doing snowshoeing fat tire biking in the winter and then we get to go into the teepee and then we get to go out into the bush and pick all these teas and i teach you about the herbal medicines and then we get to enjoy the tea together and you get to stay overnight in the teepee if you want or in our nice uh, cabins that we have and then for the week-long adventure it's much more intensive and um, there's more uh, wilderness adventures that we do and then we also we'll actually like build a medicine bag together so you can collect all your medicines and you can take them home with you so that you can continue the adventure while you're at home and enjoy the teas that you picked while you're out there wow that sounds incredible so, Michaela, when I met you, this was almost a month ago, um, 
you had just won some big award. It's like all of a sudden I'm sitting at this table just eating dinner, and then the next thing I know you were walking up on stage, and I believe you had a, 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 a moose antler in your hand, and that was like the trophy that you had won for this award. So I felt like I, I wish I would have known I had been sitting with a superstar that early in the night. I just thought you were a nor normal, ordinary person, but it turns out you were this award-winning entrepreneur so i'm still kind of in awe to be honest so maybe if you could just tell us a bit about where we met what was the what was the award that you won and just a little bit about how you got to this point of being a superstar entrepreneur oh wow well thank you for that um but yeah we met at this uh was it the indigenous tourism conference and they're bringing people from all over the world in canada for this conference so that we could just connect with each other and network and support each other. And it was, it's like a whole family that I was invited to it was an awesome conference and a whole, and a, an excellent organization. I had no idea that I'd be nominated for an award. And then I go there and all of a sudden they're calling my name up to, for this award, which was the, uh, I think it was the best outdoor indigenous experience in Canada. So Wait. it was a pretty, in the entire country of Canada. I mean, in Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh. Saskatchewan is huge too. Saskatchewan, which is pretty big. That's amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. Congratulations. Thanks. It was a it was an awesome award to receive. I was very honored and um, just really happy for me and my community, especially because I really want to put like the Saskatchewan River Delta and my hometown Cumberland House on the map because I think we have a beautiful location and I just want to like show it to the world. <laughs> so I was uh, yeah, very honored about this, uh, this award. That's amazing. to Trails to the Border. And, and how long have you been doing this? Because I know your, your, your parents also run the lodge, right? Tell us just about that background and how long you've been running your own personal businesses. So um, my parents have been running Big Eddie Lodge for 36 years now. Um, this is where my dad grew up, though. Like, So my grandfather was running Big Eddie Lodge uh, since I think it was the 30s. So we've been in this area for a long time, like, you know, it's the ancestral lands of the Cree people where that's where my dad comes from. And then so my parents took over the business and now I'm looking to take on the business as well. But um, my parents, they do hunting and fishing and adventures. And I wanted to do more of the holistic adventure side of things. So I'm bringing in a different clientele, different seasons. And I just I started this business in February 2018 so this year so I'm still pretty young in the business um, but because I have so much experience adventure guiding and I've had the help of my parents and my community it's really taken off and you know word of mouth is a powerful 
tool and many people heard about it and that's how I gained so many visitors in my first year and uh, I have big plans of expansion now because I'm just like wow this is people are really responding to this idea and so I want to like I want to bring more people here like build a more cabins and get solar power at our place and all this kind of cool expansion ideas that I have. Very cool, Michaela. Um, and can I ask what sort of uh, like training or things like that that you sort of went through and setting up your business and how you how you sort of approached that side of it? Um, well, I mean, I've been adventure guiding for 15 years, so I have that training behind me. And then um, I studied horticulture for a few years, and uh, that's where I got a lot of my herbal medicine training from. Was that in Nanaimo? That was in Nanaimo, yeah, at Vancouver Island University. I'm and also an alumni. I just wanted to point that out. We're in good company. Awesome, BIU. <laughs> yeah, I studied tourism there. Oh, I was actually looking at the tourism program there, but I was just so interested in uh, herbal medicine that I wanted to check out the horticulture program. And it sounds it, like you made the right choice. It really helped me out a lot. So, because uh, I mean, I've been studying medicines and herbal herbal stuff since I was like eight years old. But it was nice to be in a classroom and and with other herbalists and uh, study all that stuff together. And then after that, um, I went. And I got my wilderness first aid. So that was a big help um, this year because like, I wanted to be 100% uh, independent just to be able to take care of my clients when I'm out there. And uh, so that was a really good training to have. Right on. Oh, that's great. Uh, everyone sort of comes at adventure guiding from a different angle. So really interesting to hear yours. And I also um, did some business training, too. Last year in January, I entered a, a business competition. So I had this idea of a ski holistic adventures. There's this competition and you had to go through four weeks of business training. So they went through all like the different basics of like, you know, how to register, how to brand, how to uh, create a website and how to do the financials, like just basic quick courses. And then you had to enter a competition at the end. And that was an awesome experience. I went up and I pitched my business idea to, like 300 people and I won this major award that was my first award that I won and I got a big grant to help start my business and that's how I was able to um, purchase some things you know register my business and get my website up and uh, get a teepee for the camping portion of my adventures. That is super cool and so when you were setting everything up Michaela in February um, what did you sort of set things up and has that plan come into fruition? Are you doing now exactly what you set out to do or have you pivoted or, or changed the product at all to, to meet sort of the, the demand that you're getting? I had a, a rough idea. I created like a basic uh, business plan of what I wanted to do and the direction I wanted to go, but I didn't have like a total solid plan and I've been shaping it out as I go along. Like I never thought that I could ever do an artist retreat but then an artist contacted me and she said you know I'd love to come out to the woods and uh, get some inspiration you know what can what kind of create uh, retreat can you create for me so I just kind of had to invent it as I went along and it was it was awesome everything that happened I learned so much from that and 
so I had all these different retreats that I just created while I was out there through experience. I guess that would be some advice that I would give to someone else is to, uh, if you don't have the confidence to do something or maybe you don't have the exact plan, just go out and do it <laughs> and you'll figure it out as you go along because you need experience to have confidence. That's the number one thing. Well, on that point, you, you've got now just about 10 months under your belt running your own operation. And as you said, that you've been in, engaged with uh, your, your parents' operation for, for many years before that. But in these 10 months that you've been running this, has this been just full-on excitement, the energy is just pushing you along the way, or have there been challenges that you've had to take a step back and, and reevaluate how you're approaching? Give us a little bit of insight as to the process of, of this beginning stage of your, of your business. Oh, yeah, there's been a lot of challenges. Um, it, it felt very slow, especially in the beginning, because I was just writing this business plan and creating this website and creating uh, these plans for different retreats. And I was spending a lot of time alone, just like writing and brainstorming and kind of talking to different people, like some mentors that I had, just writing ideas down. And it kind of felt I was very alone in a way, but I just kept uh, pushing through. And eventually in the summertime, when my retreats really picked up and I started going out in the, to the field, hosting the canoe trips and taking people out onto the land. That was way better. I love doing that part. Like that's, that's my favorite part is being out in the land and guiding, but the behind the scenes work is, it can be pretty difficult, you know, writing financial reports and filling out documents and all that. But I also have a uh, help from my mom who's very talented so she's been great so don't be afraid to ask for help <laughs> great advice it's nice to have some help within the family as well so what what does the next year look like Michaela do you have some new plans of things that you're developing right now or or new products you're hoping to launch um, well I'm in working right now with uh, tourism Saskatchewan uh, we're developing some products together and they're gonna really help me I guess, streamline what I have right now and uh, help me marketing and getting my name out there. So that's really exciting. And then I also, um, I'm applying for some funding and some loans to hopefully build a new lodge so that I can have more visitors and uh, just other expansions like that. Um, I'd love to get more people out to my place. So that's kind of an exciting, exciting development. <laughs> that's huge. That's great. Yeah, well done. So next year you've got so you've got some big plans in terms of growth and development and that might be over the next few years. What's one specific thing that you thought about for this last summer where you were very busy and you had a lot of thing new things happening? What what are you going to tweak for next year? What what do you want to advance? What's something you might not do next year that you did last year that you just learned learned from your time? Um well, I'm I really want to create um, more specific retreats and actually just put them out there, you know, like have like a, a seven day woman's healing retreat, you know, sign up now. It's taking place during, you know, this week. So I want to put that out there. And there's like a women's retreat, maybe different men's retreats. Um, there's a writer's retreat that I'm working on right now uh, to bring out people who are having, you know, writer's block and they can come out and uh, really get their their PhD or that book that they want to get done, written, and do some more family-style retreats and just put those dates out there. Because this year I just was uh, 
talking to different people and developing the retreats, but now I want to put the dates out there and uh, get people to uh, sign up. And then in terms of partnering with the Tourism Saskatchewan, what exactly, I mean, are there other companies like yours in the province and, and you're just making alliances with them? Or is this something so unique for what you're offering that that's why these folks are excited to partner with you? Well, yeah, they're really excited to partner with me because it is a pretty unique opportunity. Like the Saskatchewan River Delta where I am is kind of under underutilized and showcased. And uh, I'm like a young indigenous entrepreneur, you know, 100% own my business. And they really want to showcase that because Saskatchewan tourism is going in a new direction. They really want to highlight the unique cultural aspects of our province. Mm. And that's where I come in because I grew up in my area. Like I have so much family history. I have this uh, this Cree indigenous connection here. And um, so I have something unique because I've lived here my whole life and my family's from here and I have so many stories from this uh, from this area to share. That's amazing. Would, would you say that anyone or people that are coming up to um, uh, your region, Cumberland House, have any misconceptions or when they first get there, is there anything that's surprising or they might not have anticipated? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't even know that we have this huge delta here and um, a lot of people don't know much about kind of the Cree culture and the Métis culture. Um, so there's a lot of stories around there that I have to share. And uh, uh, yeah, there's so much to explore. So for the podcast, you know, we have just thousands of people from around the globe. They've never, they may, may have never even heard of, well, the country of Canada, let alone the province of Saskatchewan. I mean, that's really James's main objective here of, of partnering with me on this. It's, he just knows it's, he's got to represent an entire country. And, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty supportive of Canada, so I, I like to help out while I can. Tell us, first of all, where is Saskatchewan? What is the, the geography of it? And then you're, you're mentioning the, the words Cree and Métis. Yes. And, and, and again, I think those are, are two also important for po- podcast listeners to understand. So tell us a bit about Saskatchewan, where it is, the geography, and then, of course, your heritage. And, and help uh, make sure that people understand what that means. Okay, so Saskatchewan is located right in the center of Canada, and the nearest community to me is Cumberland House, which is the oldest settlement in Western Canada. It was developed in 1774 during the fur trade, and so the Saskatchewan River, which runs through where I am, is like a historic river route for the fur traders and for the Cree people. And that's where I come from. So the Cree are the indigenous people that have lived in this area for thousands of years. They, I guess, mixed with the fur traders that came in and they created the Métis people, which is, uh, you know, we're a mixed ancestry people. We have some French and some Scottish and the Cree, the indigenous, because we all worked together and lived along this route and traded furs and it's a really cool history and a cool place that's developed here. So Michaela, is there, you know, thinking back to February or even before when, you know, you were, you've been in the tourism industry for a long time and you've been working in small business. When you were first starting, is there anything that you sort of 
wish you knew or steps you wish you had taken early on that thinking back now, they're so obvious, but maybe at the time, you know, whenever I start a new business, the new business halo is really exciting and I get really into doing certain things and maybe neglect others. Did you find anything like that, that you might want to, uh, any words of advice for our listeners who are hoping to start a business in the tourism industry? I just wish I knew from the very beginning uh, how many skills that I had and how uh, unique of an opportunity that this is and that I just needed to really believe in myself and just, I was very hard on myself in the beginning, always kind of down on myself, like, oh, I can't do this and, you know, why can't I figure this out? But I have to, like, give myself credit sometimes and just be like, you know what, I have a lot of skills. I've been working every day. It's a slow, slow going, uh, I guess, to build, but I just got to believe in myself. But I'm learning that now, so I'm still early in the business. That's good to good to learn now. Absolutely. Well, great. I think that was very inspiring. Again, I think a lot of times we, a, a few weeks ago, we interviewed uh, a good friend of, of, of both James and I, Mike Bursick, who runs Sacred Ride Mountain Bike Tours, and he's been doing this for decades. And it was really exciting to hear some of his kind of words of, of wisdom. And I think it's amazing to have somebody who is still within their first 12 months of running their own business, but yet there's incredible wisdom just in that amount of time. But in addition to the wisdom piece is the inspiration and just the the, the energy and the passion and the excitement. And I think that me personally, that's what I love about being an entrepreneur. And you can definitely hear that coming through in your words and in and, and what you're sharing with us. So thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's great. Michaela, if you just want to give us like a concise plug for your business that we could put in there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for participating and being on the show. All right. Uh, so my business is Usky Holistic Adventures and Usky is spelt A-S-K-I. And I have a website at uskyholisticadventures.com. And you can also check out me online at uh, michaelacarrier.com. Check that out, um, Usky Holistic Adventures and Michaela Carrier on Facebook and Instagram and uh, follow follow me there. Perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Michaela. Great to talk with you. Looking forward to hearing from you again later uh, in, in the next 12 months and seeing what kind of, maybe you'll win the best outdoor for all of Canada next time. But Saskatchewan's <laughs> very big and that's awesome that you won. So congratulations to you and all your hard work. And thank you for being here on Trails to the Border with James and I. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Michaela. Have a great day. Hey, bud. That was a very nice interview, huh? Man, inspiring young lady. Um, She's doing so well and uh, really tapped into the culture of her hometown and province and history. I thought that was really exceptional and a very cool interview. Well, it's amazing just to, to think about somebody who's only been officially in business for 10 months and just to hear the, the insight that she had to share with us about staying motivated and not losing confidence. Um, I feel like in 10 months, uh, the first time I started a business, I didn't even know what the heck 
I didn't even realize I was had started a business, more or less had that kind of insight. So that was pretty impressive, I'd have to say. I know. This, the grit and determination of sticking with a business, especially in those early months, is really impressive. You know, for someone who's 10 months in to have such a, a well-rounded view of the, you know, the the tourism industry and her product development and her her value proposition um, and clientele. I thought that was that was really incredible. She's she's really stayed the course and, and turned this into a, a very cool business that'll benefit her community. So uh, yeah, that award was well-deserved. Excited to just see the wave of attention that Trails to the Border is going to continue to receive as we move through season two and beyond. You know, season one was a lot like Serial, you know? We come out with this incredible banger of a first season. No one knows how to react. And then, you know, we're trying to follow it up. And uh, I was surprised when I saw the numbers, but it looks like we've tripled our numbers since season one. So great work, Dan. It's all its all from your fancy editing. Nice work. <laughs> well, it's all from your fancy questioning technique. You, you just <laughs> inspire people to just gush with, with uh, knowledge and wisdom. Thank you, Dan. Got a beautiful bedroom with your name on it.